0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. to be in the house of God tonight, a church of energy. This is a church full of energy that is expanding into the walls of Los Angeles to see Jesus made known. Who is excited to be in that church tonight? Welcome to Fearless. For those of you who have been here, uh, and or this is your first time, my name is Sean Lochi. I'm the associate pastor here, Pastor Jeremy is in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just saw him on Instagram. He's wearing a suit and tie right now to all things, to all people. I'm like, I haven't seen that man in a suit and tie for years. But uh, I am honored that I get to share the word of God with you. I'm honored to get to be on this stage. It's big shoes to fill. Uh, Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Christy are incredible leaders. And I just want to take a moment. I don't even know if they're in this room or not. But um, obviously, Pastor Jeremy's not. But just so you guys know, I've been with them for over a decade, and uh, I've been serving alongside with them in ministry. And I can tell you they're the real deal. They are people who hold to their word. They are people who uh, I've been on stages with them in front of five, ten thousand, fifteen thousand 10,000, 15,000 people. And we've seen God do crazy things. And I've also sat beside them uh, with three people on a beach when we started this church. And I can tell you that I've never met people as much who stick to the word of God. I love that I have leaders in my life and pastors who... Don't shy from the Word of God. And although it may be hard to listen to at times, and it's a double-edged sword that that separates, you know, the joint and marrow, the wheat from the chaff that I have to do to my heart at times, I have pastors in my life, and we have pastors in our life as a church that stick to the Word of God. And so why don't we just take a minute. Let's honor Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Christy. Pastor Christy, we honor you today. We are thankful for you. We are thankful for everything you guys do in our life. If you want to stand your feet, let's honor these people today, honor these amazing pastors and leaders. We're thankful for them. And so last week, if you're just jumping into this, we are talking about energy, and we are talking about what the church should look like. And last week, we began to talk about the different types of energy that there are and how each one of those, I love the Bible because it points out in each type of energy that there is we can liken that in Scripture to say, how are we supposed to live like that? So that's what we talked about last week. And today what I'm going to talk about is the importance of one type of energy, which is sound. Do you know that the church is supposed to have a specific sound? And we can find what that sound is in Scripture. We're going to talk about three important abilities of what sound does and then four sounds that the church should have. And at the end of this entire sermon, there's two different, There's a few different kinds of people in the room. The first kind is you have... Uh, You need to come to know Jesus tonight. You've never accepted Jesus into your heart. Or you're the kind of person who uh, maybe you've fallen away from God and you've walked away from his perfect will, from his plan for your life. You feel lost. I'm going to tell you that tonight as I'm speaking, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and ask God, are you real? And I promise you, he will show you that he is. If you haven't felt that love, tell him, Jesus, I need to feel your love in this place. And he will through the words that are being spoken. And tonight tonight. You're going to have the opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ or to come back to meet Jesus as your Savior, and I'm so excited for that. And then the other thing that we're going to do is we're going to pray over ourselves and over the words we're speaking and the sound that we are projecting so that it lines up with the Word of God and the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm a, for those of you who don't know, I do web design and video editing for a production company on, you know, for my job for, uh for, uh, you yeah, know, what pays the bills for my house, uh, and so I spend a lot of time on YouTube because of that, so you'll see a lot of video clips, you'll see a lot of media, I'm like a YouTube junkie just sitting there, because I have to for my job, uh, but, so that's how I'm going to preach today, and it's going to be awesome, we're going to see a lot of visuals, we're going to have fun, but most of all, we're going to be changed by the Word of God, amen? amen? Amen. Why don't we pray, let's stand up just for a moment, we're going to pray, and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, and to change us, so let's just lift our hands, if you want to do that across this room, we're going to pray that the Lord change changes our sound today. So Jesus, Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way, God. We pray, Lord, that you can do only what you can do. You're open here, Lord. This is a wide-open invitation to change my heart, to change every single person's heart in this room. We pray, God, that in the next half an hour, 40 minutes, God, that we would walk out different than when we came in, that the sound that we are projecting and the sound that we are hearing in this church would line up with the kingdom of heaven. And everybody who believes that says amen. 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 You can be seated. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew sixteen, Matthew sixteen verses eighteen through nineteen. And if you don't have it, uh, well then clearly you're not saved. So let's just do it. <laughs> if you don't, have, J.K. J.K. Just chill. Uh, if uh, that's just kidding. If you guys don't know, J.K. Uh, if you don't have it, you can watch. You can look at the screen behind me, which is our giant Bible in modern technology sense. Here you go. So Matthew sixteen verses 18b through 19, and it says this. Now, I am going to, now just, sorry, let me back up for just one second. Just a little preface on this. Uh, Jesus is saying, who do you say that I am? And then all of a sudden, he starts to tell the disciples who he is. And specifically one person, Peter, he starts to say who Peter is. And he says this, and now I'm going to tell you, Peter, who you are, who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church so expansive with, what's that word there? Energy. Come on, say it again. With some energy. So expansive with? Energy. That not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Keys to open and uh, open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven, and a no on earth is a no in heaven. This is the kind of church that I want to be a part of. This is the kind of body believers that I believe will see the kingdom of heaven advance in cities. Because if we can become a church with energy then we can become a church that the gates of hell have no hold against and a church that steps into dark places like Los Angeles and sees people grabbed from the pits of hell and put into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. That's how I want to live my life. And so we need to learn how can we be that church. And this is what we're talking about for the next few weeks. For last week, this is what we just started. We are a church of energy. And just to put on the scientific coat for just a moment, energy cannot be created. It can only transform from one form to another. So it cannot be created since the beginning of time. It can only transform to one form to the other. And there's two kinds of energy. There's potential energy and kinetic energy. Uh, Potential energy is, I don't have a water bottle on stage, so I want to do it. Well, I got my my wallet, how about that? Potential energy is when I hold something up. It has potential energy because it has potential to turn to kinetic energy. And kinetic energy is when I drop it, the movement that you see. Uh, Don't take my money. The The movement that you see is now kinetic energy, and it transforms from potential to kinetic. So those are the two types of energy, and in, again, the scientific for just a moment, I know. In kinetic energy, there's five different types of kinetic energy. The first is radiant energy. The second is thermal, which is heat. The third is mechanical or motion, like you just saw my wallet drop right there. The third is electrical or light. I'm sorry, the fourth, four fingers up. The fourth is electrical and light. The fifth is sound, and that's what we're talking about tonight, the sound of the church. Sound is defined as a vibration that travels through the air or another medium and can be heard when it reaches a person's or animal's ear. So what's happening right now when I'm speaking, there are vibrations in the air that are traveling through these speakers into your ear, and you are hearing what I am saying. Now, we got to understand that this is so important from a church because we get a lot of things. We get, you know, pray, we get, we uh, will come, we'll sing, whatever, we'll, we'll do all these things. But we don't understand that every action we do and every word that we speak is projecting loudly how Jesus is. We are ambassadors to Christ. And so the words we speak are important. The way we worship is important. What we are speaking to other people is vital and imperative because if I'm an ambassador to Jesus, I'm a representative on his behalf. So I need to make sure my sound is in line with the kingdom of heaven. In Romans 10:17, it says this: consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. This is Romans 10 10:17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So our faith comes from hearing the word. And the word is the eyewitnesses of counts of Christ, everything that led up to him coming to earth, him dying, and then the echo in the the epistles about what he did and how we apply it to our life. So the sound works hand in hand with our vision, and the world hears what the church has to say and then responds accordingly. We hear the sound of the word, and we respond accordingly. So, why, what is the sound that we are talking about? What is the sound of the church? How is it supposed to sound? Why, how do I line up with the sound of the church to find this kind of Matthew kind of church where he says, on this I will build my church, a church so expansive with energy? We're going to talk about that tonight. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Are you with me tonight, church? Yeah. Is this a church full of energy tonight? Yeah. So there's three important abilities of sound three things that sound can do. The first is sound can be subjective to our vision. So when I say something, depending on what you see, your brain will click in one way or another, and no matter what you're hearing, if your sight is different, it'll conflict, and it won't be able to hear what is actually being said. So what we see influences what we're hearing. There's a scripture that I think Jesus talks about. We're talking about the sound of the church, and that has a lot to do with how, the, how people view the church, how they understand the church to be. And in Matthew 15, verse 7 through 9, this is the English Standard Version, it says this, you hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me? In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men." You see, sound is important because a lot of times the sound that we project as a church is opposite than what people view Christianity to be. Remember, I have a quote where it says, "'I love your Jesus, but I hate your Christians.'" And it's because the sound is not lining up with the vision. And so when the sound doesn't line up with the vision, people's minds will begin to take over the vision and they go you're this is a hypocrisy this is hypocrites you're saying this but you're not acting it out and so we have to learn Not that what we're saying is bad, but we have to act out these things that we are speaking, and we have to be open about what we're dealing with. Listen, the only thing we should be speaking is that Jesus Christ was perfect. I am not. I am a sinner that is far from grace. I am not here to judge you. I am not here to speak condemnation over your life. I am here to point you to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus Christ. Follow me along this journey that's tough as I take up my cross as I follow Christ. Those are the words that the the world needs to hear. And that's the sound in a very general sense that they need to know. But we have taken on the corner of the other thing. And we stand with a picket sign saying, you're going to hell. Do you really know that? Are you God to judge the person? But that's the sound that they are hearing. And all of a sudden, they're not seeing actions line up and they're not seeing it line up with scripture. So they're turned off to the church. So ultimately, regardless of what sound you say, you have to know that the vision people see will out trump whatever sound you say. And if they don't line up, we are breeding hypocrites in the church. So we have to know what the sound is. The second thing is sound has the ability to control your actions. Sound has the ability to control our actions and even our emotions. If I, if I talk really quietly like this, there's a certain feeling you get. But if I talk loud, all of a sudden you smile or you start screaming with me. I didn't tell you to do that. But the moment you hear sound, your actions start to change and your emotion begins to change. Sound is powerful. It scientifically will change your brain to start responding. It's like it just an, a natural reaction. You know like if I breathe it's just a reaction I do. Sound has that same kind of characteristic to where I don't have to tell you a certain thing. I don't have to give you like do this point A point B and then we're all you know okay Bradley come up and then dance like this and you know Andrew strike a pose and then after that I didn't have to explain all that. Sound just naturally makes you do that. And so it's the same. When we project a sound, people are naturally going to see that and they're naturally going to hear that and they're naturally going to respond to that. We have to be so careful in the sound that we are projecting because it has the ability to control our actions and control our emotions. You with me tonight? The third thing is sound can change how we interpret what we see. Sound can change how we interpret what we see. And to illustrate this, Uh, I go to Mr. Walt Disney himself, because if you don't, if, listen, if there's two things to know about me, the first is I have an awesome beard, and the second is I love Disneyland. You, any, any Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday, pretty much if I'm not at church, I'll be in the pearly gates of the Magic Kingdom in Anaheim, California, so watch this first video clip. And uh, just get cozy, because it's like a couple minutes long. And just enjoy it, right? So watch the first clip. Summer in the city of Arendelle. It couldn't be warmer. It couldn't be sunnier. But that's about to change forever. Arendelle. It's completely frozen. Cold, 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 cold. A real howler in July. Yeah? The land was covered in eternal snow. <gasps> Don't do something soon, we'll all freeze to death. You want to talk about a problem? I sell ice for a living. Ooh, that's a rough business to be in right now. (laughs) I mean, that is really, Mm, that's unfortunate. My lady. (laughs) (laughs) This is awkward. (laughs) Not you're awkward, but just because we're, I'm awkward, you're gorgeous. Wait, what? Hi everyone, I'm Olaf. Ah! Hi. You're creepy. Well, I don't want it, no. We got off to a bad start. I know how to stop this winter. Ah! Hang on. I like fast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get your feet down. This is fresh lacquer. Seriously, were you in a barn? <laughs> Let's go bring back summer! <laughs> oh, man, am I out of shape. Stop! Whoa. Whoa! Are you okay? Uh, I've got a thick skull. I don't have a skull. <gasps> oh, whoo! Head rush. He's so cute. He's like a little- You have to survive this blizzard! That's no blizzard! Sorcery. That's my sister! That would have been nice to know. Heads up! It is not nice to throw snow people! Whoa, 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 feisty pants! Just let the snowman be! I'm calm. Great. Oh, oh, come on! Olaf, you're melting. Some people are worth melting for. You're just maybe not right this second. (laughs) Buddy, faster! No! No! Hang in there, guys! I can't feel my legs! I can't feel my legs! Those are my legs. Hey, do me a favor, grab my butt! Oh, that feels better. It's awesome. Can we just watch it again? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <coughs> Look, so we watched that. We're smiling. We're laughing. Frozen. Oh, that's the, that's the coolest movie ever. It's magical. Olaf, look at that guy rolling around in the snow, all happy-go-lucky, right? I'm going to show you another video. Now, it's using the exact same movie, a lot of the same clips, and I'm just telling you, you need to brace yourself because your heart is about to, to feel very, very frightened, okay? Roll this clip. snowman. never see Frozen again in the same way, right? (laughs) Scary, right? And all that we did was change the sound. It's the exact same movie, but that's how powerful sound is. All we did was change the sound. All that we did, we took the exact same movie, something that is kid-friendly, something that is, you know, so fun and entertaining, and it's just, you know, magical, and and we changed it, and all of a sudden, it's like, that is a demonic movie. Get it out of my house. I don't want any part of it. (laughs) Shut the door and leave it out Olaf, you are the devil, Olaf is the devil. So we have to know that even if it's the same vision, how we speak and the words that we say create an impact upon the world and how they view the church. So you can either be a defeated, and you start to wonder, you know, why is it that people view the the church as defeated, they view it as powerless, they view it as void of God, they're even questioning God's existence. It's because our sound is not what Scripture has told us to be. It's because we're allowing the world to speak louder. And you see, we we aren't speaking things. The church is not defeated because Christ defeated the cross 2,000 years ago. The church is not void of God because in the book of Acts, He gave us the Holy Spirit and we have power. The church is not the church on the following the world society. The church is a church that's leading the world's culture because God is a creative God. See, if we can start to be that kind of sound, the world will take attention to it and the world will notice it. But if we start to sit in the back seat And allow the Christians to be defeated and to be, you know, sad and depressed and just be okay with that. We aren't lining up with the sound of heaven and speaking life over us. And that's what we need to do to change our voice, to change our words. We are changing the sound of the church today. This is a church with energy whose sound will be faithful, whose sound will be fearless, whose sound will be powerful. This is a church when we see things that come against us that aren't lining up with the word of God, we will speak it and put the enemy under our feet and say God you are for us we will serve you first and foremost is this a church full of energy today we haven't really even gotten to it now you know so now we're we're gonna we're gonna get into four types of sound that we hear in the church now listen there's a lot of sound in the church Uh, These are the four that, if I could tell you, are four things to really learn. These are the four things that we need to make sure our sound, and again, we're talking about tuning our sound with the sound of heaven. I'm not talking about tuning your sound to just whatever I say on stage. I'm saying let's look to Scripture, and let's make sure that whatever sound we are projecting and we are allowing certain sounds to speak into our life, it falls in line with the Word of God. So the first sound of the church, and this out trumps every sound, is the Word. The Word is God. That actually says this in John 1, verses 1 through 5. The Word was first, the Word present to God, God present to the Word. The Word was God, in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through Him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without Him. What came into existence was life, and life, and the life was, lit, was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. The Word of God is, is Jesus Christ. Do you know that? Yeah. When we look in Scripture, it's not just the book that Jesus wrote or, or that some people wrote 2,000 years ago, and it's an interpretation of God. No, the Word is God. Yeah. It is likened to where if Jesus was standing in this room and I had questions, I could ask God, but I can just look to the word. This is what he's given us for 2,000 years when I'm saying, "What, what are my questions to this? When I, you know, in your walk, if you're new in your faith, you will find this out soon. Or if you've been in the faith for a long time, there are a lot of questions on how to live your life and how to follow it following the word of God. But I can tell you there has been nothing in my, you know, almost 30 years of life that I have not been able to find in the word of God. All that I have to do is open up the book. It's as simple as that. Open up the book and allow it to penetrate my heart. And so we put this as the ultimate source. There's no other source needed. Now, look, I, I'm all for mentorship and people who can come alongside you and say, I am running to the, to the word of God. Let's do this together. But if you are putting that person, even you know, a pastor, in the position where I am looking to you first and not the word of God, we have come out of alignment. This is a church that says the word of God is first, and your relationship with the word of God, the sound that you are listening to needs to be from the word of God. And if you aren't in the word of God, you missing it out completely because this right here, I hold up my iPad because I don't actually have a physical Bible, but this right here, the Word of God is everything that we need. He is God. It's all that we need. It is Jesus. It is Jesus Christ. So the Word of God, but what if Christ was in the room? How would we respond? We would follow what he has to say, but that's what the Word of God is. You know, I'm reminded of the story of a man and woman that I was talking through, and they were looking at, you know, he said, I heard God tell me that I'm supposed to marry this woman. And I said, that's awesome. That's the voice of God that you're hearing. Let's look to the word of God. Does that line up? And he was asking my advice. "Should Should I marry? And I was saying. Well, let's look to the Word of God. Let's look at how a woman is supposed to act. Let's look at, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Do you feel this in your relationship? No, I don't really feel that, you know. Okay, well, let's talk about, like, the bonds of marriage and, like, the lines crossed. Are we crossing those lines? Yeah, we're kind of crossing those lines. Okay, well, the Bible would tell you that you are not hearing from the voice of God, that you need to work these things out and become individually independent in your relationship in Christ. And then when you are made whole, let's talk about marriage, you know, and let's work through these issues you're dealing with. And the person said, okay, cool. I heard the voice of God tell me to do it, so I'm going to get engaged to her. I said, I can't help you. The Word of God tells you differently. I'm sorry. I wish it told you that this would just go and do whatever you like, but it doesn't say that. And so he continued to do it. And I can tell you that in about four months time, the engagement broke up. The relationship was ended. It was miserable. But I just go back to wonder, what if we could be so bold to say, I'm going to put my emotions out on the secondary and I'm going to put the word of God on the first. What has the word of God told you? When you have questions, are you venting to other people or are you going to the word of God first and saying, Jesus, Holy Spirit, what do you have to show me? And so we change our actions based on the sound of the Bible. And this is specifically important in today's society because society today is being vocal and very loud about what they want in the world. And if we start to take the back seat and don't point to the word of God, we lose a moral compass and it just becomes about whatever's popular. And Jesus, I can tell you, he only had three people with him at the cross and he was not a popular person at the time. But he stood in the face of Trial and said, "I'm going to stand on truth in the Word of God." So it's not about what's popular. It's not about what's what's socially acceptable. It's not about how many followers will do it. It is about what does the Word of God say from a sober mindset, and will I follow that? The second sound of the church is praise and worship. Praise and worship, and I could talk about this forever. So I'm going to do that tonight. We're going to be (laughs) not joking. Praise and worship. When you came into this room today, we were singing praise songs. We were singing worship songs. And there was a sound that was being set, and the atmosphere was changed based on the sound that you heard. And so praise and worship is important because it allows us an opportunity to speak to God and to tell him how much we are in love with him. And I love praise and worship, too, because it also gives us the opportunity for us to let emotions take a back seat. And to put God on the throne. I've heard it said a lot, you know, even like these people, like they did a, a, a conga line, is that what that is? <laughs> <Yeah>. Conga line. <laughs> conga. <laughs> conga line. I haven't, line. I haven't said that word for a long time. But the Jericho March, whatever you want to say, they start doing this thing around here. And I love it because, you see, we, we think, oh, they're just being emotional. We say that. You know, and that's where your heart has to get checked. If they're just being emotional, we judge. We start to cast what another person does in their worship. And ultimately, I have to have a heart check whenever I have a thought like that because ultimately it's God saying, hey, what have I called you to do? And what are you not, what are you willing to, like, hold back? What are the things that you're not willing to look foolish for? But so we see this happen and we go, we start to put judgment on it. We start to cast things down. We start to speak words out. But I love it because they're saying, regardless of what I feel in this situation, I'm still going to praise and worship God. I'm still going to get undignified. And actually, the Bible says I'm going to get even more undignified than this. You think this is crazy. Just wait till what you see. And they're saying, I can tell you that I know people in this, you know, this pit down here who are worshiping Jesus. And I know stories all across this room. And I'm not saying that, like, if you jump, therefore your worship is good. I'm just saying if we are in the spirit where we are in a setback and we are allowing things in our life to speak louder than praising and worship God, we are actually stepping into an emotional mindset. And if we step out of that, what we say is no matter what I feel, I am going to praise and worship my God. Whether my bank says a million dollars or it says one penny, when I walk into the room, it's my opportunity to praise and to worship God. And to let the sound of heaven reflect what my faith says. Whether my daughter is sick, whether she's well, well, I don't care. It doesn't matter because my praise and my worship will not be affected by it. In Psalm 100, verses 1 through 2, it says this, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. In 2 Samuel 22, verse 50, it says, For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. Notice the scripture doesn't say, you know, let's go back to that Psalm 101. It doesn't say shout with sadness or whisper with sadness to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with depression. Come before him whispering with, you know, gloom. It doesn't say this. He gives us specific words on how we are to praise God. And so we got to understand that if you're feeling these things, it's time to cast it off. And it's time to make a decision that I'm not going to let these feelings of sadness, of anger, of bitterness, of joy, of depression, I'm not going to focus on that. I am going to focus simply on the fact that my God is alive, that he rose from the dead, that he is here, and my faith and my words and my sound is going to line up with that in praise and worship. In 2 Chronicles 5.13, it says, the trumpeters and singers perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other min- instruments. They raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words. He is good, his faithful love endures forever. Friends, if you ever don't know what to say while you're worshiping Jesus, just say, You are good and your love endures forever. You are good and your love endures forever. And this is why you see you see a loud sound when we worship and praise God, because the Bible has told us. For this sound to be loud. The sound of praise and worship is the second sound that you hear in the church. Are you with me tonight? The third sound that you're going to hear in the church is your voice. We are going to hear our voice. We're going to hear the words that we speak. The thoughts that we think. The words that we allow to be influencing our voice. All of these things, we make up the sound of the church. And in Proverbs 18, 21, it says this, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So if you love to talk, just tone it down a little bit, you know, maybe just find yourself talking a lot, bring it back a little bit. It's what scripture tells us to do because we have to recognize that our words need to speak really only three things, faith, hope, and love. And if we aren't speaking those things Just like we saw in the video that the words can start to determine our interpretation. If we are speaking death and and things in our life that aren't of God and aren't faith, hope, and love, we'll start to come into alignment with that, and the enemy has won us over. Look at how the enemy wins in the Bible. Look at the beginning of the fall of mankind. It's not like he just came in and, like, swooped them up and took them off. You probably would have saw that in the Frozen trailers, what would have happened. But, like, he didn't come in and just, like, take him and move him into, like, hell and just drop him off. All that he did was ask him a question. Surely you won't be like God. Or surely you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He didn't say that. All that he did was speak a word. But the problem is that Adam and Eve didn't fight that word and speak like Jesus did in the desert and start to speak truth against the enemy. They just allowed that sound, the voice of the enemy, to become louder than their voice. You know, for those of you who know or may not know, my daughter, uh, she's here today. Her name's Harper. She's 14 months old, and I mention her every time I'm on the mic, and I will continue to do that because she is stinking awesome, man. Um, And she's a champion. And for those of you who don't know, we've been hospitalized, actually, for the last two months. My my wife uh, has been staying there at night. You can only have one person there at night, so she's just been a champion, a rock, staying at the hospital every night for the last two months. We were admitted in the middle of March uh, for something that looked like pneumonia. And through some tests, we found out that it actually wasn't pneumonia, but that her protein level was really, really low. And because it was low, water is spilling everywhere. And so we've done more tests than I can count, and we've had reports come back to us where they've said, your daughter may have celiac, she may have Crohn's, she may have HIV, which I'm I'm like, she doesn't have that, it's not possible, but whatever. Like, let's, and, and just listing off any one of these things, even some thoughts of tumors have been thrown around there kind of like very vaguely. We've been told that she may have a case that has never been diagnosed in humans and they don't know how to treat, but potentially it could be this. We've been told, that, uh, you know, her case is, uh, she's a superstar in the case books because there's, there's no clue what's going on uh, of why she's losing her protein. We've been told that maybe it's a, the doctors are dumbfounded. They're completely dumbfounded on what is going on in my daughter's body. But and in this situation, as we're doing this, you know, bills pile up. Uh, uh, I found out that hospitals are crazy expensive. <laughs> <laughs> just tell you that much get a bill of like a million dollars like pfft, what is that a million bucks and so we we look at all these things and listen and every day when a report comes back to me i have two options in that moment i can either listen to the enemy and allow his voice to impact my life or i can speak the word of god over my daughter and over these hospitals <laughs> Now, my daughter is still sick. She, you, you wouldn't know it by looking at her. She's smiley, She's happy. I love that. She's a champion. But she is still sick. We still don't know the answer. But I am not going to speak death into that little girl's life. And I am not going to allow sadness or depression or financial constraints or anything affect my family and affect my daughter growing up. I am going to speak life over my daughter, and I'm going to say that she is in the process of being healed. I have seen healing happen before, and it's nothing too big for my God to do. I'm going to make sure the doctors know that when you feel dumbfounded, there is a God who can do things that are miraculous. I'm going to let the world know very loudly that my God is a great God, and I am thankful for every season, whether it's trying, whether it's easy. I am thankful for His grace. That is the voice that we need to speak, church. Now, look, I know when I say that situation, some of you in this room could go, listen, that is nothing to what I have walked through. That is nothing. I've had cancer. I have had, you know, my family is all this, and I empathize with you. And some of you would say, man, I've never walked through something like that. All of that is irrelevant. My point that I want you to take, no matter what you walk through, Romans 8, 28 says, In all things it is for the good of those who love him. If you, That's a promise that if you love Jesus, every situation you are walking through is working for your good by the creator and just because of that we can give God a praise tonight amen or we lift up a praise to Jesus no matter what you're walking through no matter what your situation he is in control if you believe that let's lift a sound of praise tonight that he is awesome he is real And it's awesome because today is Pentecost Sunday. Do you know that? I love it, how God lines up things like this. And in Acts 2, it says this. This is our voice we're still talking about. One other element of our voice is the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, verses 1 uh, through 4, it says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled him. This is a church, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues. But what I wanna tell you is as much as we believe that God can do powerful things through that, the next scripture is just as powerful when we talk about the Holy Spirit, if not even more. And it's in 1 Corinthians 13, it says this, So yes, the Holy Spirit is powerful. Holy Spirit is grace. Holy Spirit is amazing. He is a person that is our comforter and our connection to God. But if you don't have love, forget speaking in tongues. Forget prophecy. Forget the gifts of the Spirit because the sound that you have is not representing what Jesus laid out first. Yes, Paul is excited. He even says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But all of that is irrelevant because I first must have love. So we are to speak faith. We are to speak hope. We are to speak love we are to speak faith in Jesus and faith that situations can change we are speaking hope for tomorrow that no matter what you're in there is a promise for you and we are speaking the love of Jesus Christ over every single person the fourth sound in the church is unity in the body of Christ you know the church is to be unified and Jesus and God they God loves it when he hears unity in the church And it says this in uh, 1 Corinthians ten. It says, 1.10. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. And in Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19, it says there are six things the Lord hates. Note seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and then the seventh one, a person who soars discord in a family. Now, for God to say that he hates something, we probably need to really look at that. Because God is a God of love, but he is saying, I love, ultimately what he's saying is, if a person is dealing, you know, dealing with any of these other sins, whatever they would be, I love them. I'm going to work. I am here for them. But if a person is dealing with disunity, I hate that. And there is something in the church where the world is grossed out by it because the, tr- the church is becoming more disunified than ever before. We have to understand the principle of unity and that the principle of God-given authority in our lives is a beautiful thing. And I think even in today's society, with everything that's going on with the cops, when we hear that word authority, we almost start to, rec- to recluse and we back away and we say, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to hear about that because authority in my life is bad. Friends, I'm here to tell you that I live under the authority and I boast about that proudly because I understand the freedom of living under the authority of a, fi- of a, a leadership, a pastoral oversight. It is the most freeing, rewarding life I could ever live, and I am thankful that I live under authority, and I am proud of that, and I think that it is an incre- it is something to be said when a person can say, point out my blind spots, tell me where I need to go. I trust your opinion because you listen to the Holy Spirit. That's the church that we have here. And to illustrate how important unity is, I brought the band up on stage here with big smiles from Ben. If you guys just—this is a side note—just give Ben a high five when you're after church, and <laughs> Biggie especially. This guy's amazing. But uh, so what you guys don't know is they all have these little things in their ears called uh, innards, and it's how they all are unit are in unison. It's how they all hear each other. And what I'm going to do for a moment is I just want them to play, and I'm going to ask that they all take their ears out. They're all talented musicians. They're all very good. But just for one moment, I want them all to play exactly what they want and not be in unison with one another. And you tell me what it sounds like. So everybody, if you could take your ears out, your in-ears. Not take your ears out. That's a musical term. That would be awesome if you just took your ears out. But turn your ears down. And then, Josh, you just click it off. And everybody, you play whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to play. (laughs) Go for it. Oh, she's already going. Yeah, if it (laughs) leads. playing just for a moment just play that again that sounded awesome just you i'm sorry okay that's all thank you that stuck out there, what? there you go. that sounded awesome right like tour the world that sounded so good no it was it was awful probably like some even i saw cringes like oh, this is an awkward moment sean like you're not feeling the tension out here this just feels weird but this is how we are like here we, we have a disunified church and we're like church come look at this it's beautiful it's awesome you're gonna love it and they're looking at it like dude that's gross i don't want to hear that i don't want to see that that's that's gross I, I have no desire to listen to that but we have to understand that each of us are a body are a member of the body of christ some are the hands some are the feet some are the eyes some are the heart and when we can come into unity God's bride, the bridegroom, which is the church, is glorified. So whatever independent thoughts we have for a moment, we can put that on the back seat as long as it's not unscriptural, as long as something is not being conflicted with what the word of God has told me. I can put my personal thoughts, my personal viewpoints, my personal way of of, of moving in the church aside because I understand that two are better than one and that there is a multiplication principle when we can all come together and say we are in unity with this church. This is a unified church and God has a established this principle in an amazing way. In Hebrews 13 verse 17, it says this. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Submission begins at the point of disagreement. And in this church, we have to understand that there is a biblical authority that God has put out and laid out for us to operate in. That authority is Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Christy have a vision for the church, and we come under alignment with that. And the words that they speak, I can tell you, I have been with them for a decade. I have never found anything opposite than the Word of God. It is always in tune and on point with the Word of God, and we fall in alignment. So I have to, can I tell you, when I was younger, uh, I would. This was a hard thing for me to deal with because I have, I'm a, if you don't know me, I'm a very strong-willed person. Like when I make my mind up, it's very hard to change. And I had to learn the principle of I am going to submit to the authority placed over me, even if I have a different thought or a different way of moving or a different practical approach. I have to submit to the authority over me. And I can tell you, ever since I caught that principle, my life has shifted to so much freedom. The stress, the anxiety, the worries, the cares are all gone away because I am under the cover of Jesus Christ and the authority that he has laid out for us. And a lot of times, disunity, it disguises itself. And we don't think that it's disunity. We don't think that it's being, you know disunify, it's, it's not disunity, I'm just asking questions, some some thoughts, some words that may come up, well, you know, maybe you're talking to somebody, and you know, you say, what, what do you think about how, the way the person handled this, how do you think about how the pastor's dealt with this, or we say, like, I'm just so tired and burnt out, I'm burnt out, I'm just tired, you know, We we say, like, so-and-so did this to me. What do you think about this? I just need advice on how to handle this person who, you know, did this, 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 blah, 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 blah. And we just spew out things. And this is not how God has told us. God has told us to operate. If we have an issue, we go talk to that person directly. And that's it. That's all we need to do. If I have an issue with Ben, I go to Ben and I say, listen, I need to talk to you about this. If I talk to anybody outside of that, I am disunifying the church. And God has said he hates Disunity. I have to understand that if I have things that may... And, and questions come up. We're, this is not a church where we say there's, you can't ask questions. We're a church that says you can ask as many questions as you want, but you have to make sure when you do that, you are falling in the first thing that Jesus says of, please, let's be unified. Forget disunification. Get it out of the way. We will not have that in the church. We are a church that's unified with one voice, and that is the sound that we are making. That is the sound of unity that we are projecting. Amen? Thanks for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.